What's up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark DeBerry, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. And when people think about ditching their jobs, they some of them are in a rush to get out of the job they're currently in. Others may like the job, but they know they have to go. Either way, a lot of people think about the exit, but they don't think about in that moment of time, a lot of your hours are still spent at work in that ecosystem, in that culture. And when you do think about ditching your job, that culture is really going to speed things up or slow things down for you. So if you are in a toxic culture where something like workplace bullying is around, some people may say that's going to inspire me to get out. But you are a part of that culture. We already average the five people we spend most of our time with. And it's not motivating. It's like if you're in that kind of culture and you come home, you don't feel like doing the side hustle thing. So we're going to talk about something different in this episode. How do we create a better workplace culture? How do we get rid of workplace bullying? And we have a phenomenal guest who knows a lot about this topic. She founded Civility Partners in 2008. And that was because she worked in a toxic environment. That's how Civility Partners came to be. Since then, she has served an array of clients with consulting, training, and coaching services. She has written three books, one of which Ken Blanchard called the most comprehensive and valuable handbook on the topic of workplace bullying. She has been cited in several media outlets such as Forbes, Inc. Magazine, and USA Today, and appeared as a guest on places like NPR, CNN, and others. So our guest who joins us for this episode of Ditch the Job is none other than Catherine Matisse Zundel. Catherine, it is there you go. <laughs> you got my name right. Yes, yeah, we uh, thank you so much. Like a lot in the pre-recording. Thank goodness you didn't hear yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Catherine, it is such a pleasure to have you on Ditch the Job. And I mean, if at first you don't succeed, definitely try five times. The fifth time was a charm and um, one of the things that you definitely want to have a charm for is the workplace, that culture, because uh, if you want to get out of your workplace, you may think you don't like the culture, but part of that culture, whether it's a good culture or a bad culture, is going to carry with you throughout the day. So I'm wondering if you could share with us uh, what necessarily like, are some of the factors uh, that separate good work culture, some toxic ones. Uh, sure, you can just kind of feel it is kind of the main answer there without being in a culture for too long. So if you start a job pretty quickly, you can figure out this is a great place to be and I'm going to fit in here and enjoy it or not. You know, you'll hear people gossiping about certain people and the way that they lead or manage, et cetera. So simple answer is just the feeling that you get when you're interacting with people. Um, in the end, you know, a toxic culture is full of people who are in conflict, competition. There's gossip and rumors going around. People maybe don't interact with each other or avoid each other. And all of that means that they're not communicating well and, and doing all the things they need to be doing to work together to be successful versus a respectful culture is really about an organization where people feel comfortable to talk to each other when they feel disrespected, honestly. Um, so I'm not talking about, you know, some of these stories where we hear employers are, um, 
increasing sales by 5,000% and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm just saying in a, in a basic respectful culture, people feel respected regularly and in the instances where they don't feel respected, they feel comfortable to speak up and say, hey, yesterday I felt disrespected and be able to talk through it and work it out so they can move forward and, and continue on their way being productive and collaborative. Now, if, I mean, there's a good breakdown of the differences. I'm sure if you're working, you're trying to ditch your job and you heard that, you definitely know which camp you fall on. You probably know which camp you're on anyway, but um, let's focus on the toxic standpoint because uh, like if you're in a good culture company, you're set in a lot of different ways. There could be some workplace bullying still, but for the most part, that's in the toxic companies where there's ego, there's gossip, things like that. So how can we, start to improve those workplaces and it could be a little harder for someone who is like an employee versus like the boss but like how do you start on that improvement path yeah i think there's two answers depending on who you are if you're an employee who's sort of a cog in the organization and you feel like there's bullying going on around you my advice for you is to Uh, First of all, document every time you experience this type of behavior. So let's say you go to a staff meeting tomorrow morning and you witness some bullying going on, then you should go right back to your desk, write down, you know, who was in the room, what was said, what happened, the who, what, when, where, and why, and really keep track of those facts because at some point you may want to be able to turn that over to HR or an attorney should you go down that path. Um, So that's step number one. I do also recommend uh, if you can, and I know this takes a lot of courage and I can give you some tips on that, but um, really speaking up if, if you can. So in that staff meeting, if you witness some bullying, speaking up and saying, hey, you know, that behavior really goes against our core values or really undermines our core values or undermines our ability to be collaborative here in this meeting and just kind of pointing out and there's that social pressure then where generally that individual would stop engaging in the bullying behavior uh, because of the the pressure they'd realize they've been called out. Mm. Um, The danger in calling people who bully out is they may attack later uh, and come back and you know full force so there is a danger there fair warning but um, the reason I suggest attempting to resolve this behavior on your own is that if you do ever need to go to HR or the owner of the company or whomever, you can say, I have been witnessing this behavior and here are the five ways I've tried to resolve it and I've been unsuccessful and that's why I'm here in your office asking for help versus if you go to your manager or HR and say, this person is bullying and I haven't tried to solve it myself. You know, you don't, when they ask you, what have you done to fix it on your own? You want to have an answer. So it is important to attempt to resolve it so that if you ever make that complaint, you know, you, you have that in your back pocket that you have tried. Um, However, the answer to your question, how do you solve this problem for owners, HR, you know, business leaders is different. Obviously the answer for you is to a, uh, put it, make it very clear that you do not tolerate that type of behavior, uh, and B, um, 
actually follow through on that. So if you see or are aware of an individual engaging in bullying, that person should be held accountable to better behavior. And um, honestly, you can treat bullying just like a standard performance problem, just like you would treat somebody who's late or missing deadlines. You know, that goes against the abilities uh, or the company's ability to be successful and so does bullying. So you can treat it just just like you would a performance problem. Hmm. And I mean, being able to like speak out in some way, I mean, the problem's not going to solve itself if you remain silent about it. That's just a guarantee. The way you speak out about it depends on, you know, confidence level. Like, uh, do you feel like these guys are going to get you? Uh, retaliate? Like, right. you know, later on? Or is there like a more subtle way that you could slowly start to bring the issue up? So that's one approach. Um, because, you know, sometimes you could be in that toxic culture uh, not be getting bullied, but see someone else getting it. And then it's just like, you know, like, I got to go home and do the side hustling. Then gotta, like, it, 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 it's not as motivating of a uh, day in a typical, typical day of someone's life. And you need the motivation and the extra willpower to get your side hustle stuff done to ditch your job. Now, let's say you are the person who is experiencing the workplace bullying and you got to go home with that on your shoulder. How do you recommend people experiencing the workplace bullying, um, like still have their self-worth and not let themselves lose sight of that? That's a great question. People who feel bullied um, experience anxiety, depression, PTSD even. And I have actually been spending quite a bit of time trying to understand the difference between people who get bullied and do have those types of issues versus those like myself who were able to maintain uh, my wherewithal and move forward into something different. Um, and I think the answer is your state of mind, you know, it speaks to resilience. So if you are feeling bullied at work, that situation has the potential to take your life over and cause you serious psychological harm. So on the flip side, if you have a side hustle and you're excited about building up that side hustle, that is going to help minimize that sort of psychological damage. So when you get home and you're working on your side hustle, um, leave that bullying at the door and this is your exit strategy. You have a plan for an exit with your side hustle and honestly having a plan is one of the keys that uh, resilience possesses. That's one of the, the ways that uh, in resilience is having a plan to bounce back. So you have that if you have your side hustle. So, um, you know, I, I guess another tip is to really think about or stay really aware of your how you're feeling. Um, if you're, you know, you just got to be real self-aware about your emotions and, and how you're feeling about your work. Because what I see happen 99.9% of the time is people feel bullied and they put up with it and they put up with it and they, they put up with it. And eventually this um, sort of psychological damage just creeps up on them. And all of a sudden they become somebody who is 
fairly damaged. Um, so if you can pay close attention to how you're feeling, don't don't let that happen. You know, you you obviously need your wherewithal to to have your side hustle. So um, I guess long story short, use your side hustle as a way to maintain your self esteem and your self concept and make that your focus. And then once you're able to get to a point where you can leave the job that you're in where the bullying is, um, you'll be much better off. You'll be a stronger person because of what you went through. I mean, that's a good way to view it. Uh, each day makes you stronger. If you are someone in that situation, like each day makes all of us stronger, but I feel like if you are in that kind of situation, if you view it that way, uh, it's going to help you definitely become a lot stronger, but then view yourself in a higher light because, you know, like if you feel like you're getting stronger each day, like that's like self-worth going up, confidence is going up, all these good things are going up in that process. Now, I know that like some people may just want it to just go away, but sometimes it just takes time. And um, I mean, some people like they could either like, you see people who get like really mentally destroyed with the workplace bullying. And then you see some people be resilient and uh, be able to still put in the work, be able to ditch, be able to end up living the life, their dreams, career, stuff like that. What do you think really mm -hmm. separates those two types of people uh, for, between like, you know, the negative and the positive? I think it's partly mindset and partly decisions. So I actually, I, I have a, a book that's a collection of stories from 23 people who were bullied and then went off to have fantastic lives. And uh, the reason I put that book together is I was very curious about this question that you just asked me. The one thing that I see in all 23 stories is a very specific conscious decision that was made by the storyteller to say, this is what's gonna happen next. And what's interesting about that is for some, the decision was I'm leaving, starting right now, and I feel great about it. So uh, for others, the decision was I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight that. You know, so one woman actually talks about how she made the decision to, she's a, an African-American lesbian in the military, and she made the decision that it's her calling to sort of focus on civil rights in this particular situation she's in and that she's going to make it better for people after her. So she's there in, you know, fighting every single day, but it was her decision. And with that decision, you take your control back. So uh, it's the people who feel like they don't have control because the bully is the one with the control. Mm -hmm that that's the difference um so that's going back to if you're going home to your side hustle that's where you get control make the decision that that's your exit and you will climb out of this um so that that was really interesting for me it was that decision that was made it was very conscious and i mean decisions we all make them consciously or unconsciously but again that's why Catherine's mentioned this is very uh, conscious very intentional very focused decision that is leading people to uh, go from this uh, situation of workplace bullying to then being able to 
live the career and life of their dreams later on. And it really is just based on decision after decision. Now, one of the things that you mentioned very interesting is this idea of control. And I feel like we are always in control until we give it away to people. And I feel like in the workplace bullying scenario, uh, people do sometimes give it away to the person bullying. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that happens, though, is people come home and then they think about something that happened earlier at work today, which could trigger a memory from a week ago, which could trigger a memory from a month, a year ago. And then you go down memory lane. So... Mm -hmm. How can we put all of that away and not let those thoughts dominate when we should be thinking about our side hustles, but like also who even wants those thoughts at all? Yeah. So what you're talking about, rumination is the word for that when you sort of marinate in those negative thoughts. And the answer is, again, you have to make a very conscious effort to avoid that self-talk as well as the conversations you're no doubt having with the people you live with. So if you come home uh, from a situation where you feel bullied, you're probably uh, ranting and raving about it and venting with your spouse or your roommates or whomever. And so one uh, easier tip is to ask those people you live with, whoever it might be, to say, look, when I start going down this path, I need you to call me back and remind me that I got to stop sitting in that and instead be focused on more positive things. Um, so that's one tip. But but again, being really self-aware of how you're processing journaling is a great way to maintain some self-awareness so that you go home and journal. And, and if you notice your journaling is about the yucky stuff, then now you can pull yourself back, maybe review you know journals from the last couple of days and see what that looked like. Um, so I'm not saying try to ignore it or repress it, you know, maybe journaling is the way to get it out and then you can move on. But if you say, I'm going to spend 20 minutes journaling on my horrible day so I can move on, then you have to move on at the end of that 20 minutes. Um, You know, self-care is really what I'm talking about here. Another option might be to see a therapist or a counselor, somebody that you can vent at and then put it away so that, you can move on and, and focus on the more positive stuff. Um, but so those are some different tips. Yeah, those really great insights. And I like how Catherine didn't say like, you know, you do this thing, then you forget it. Like you, it's going to come up. It's like, don't think of a white polar bear. Like that was a really famous case study something. And then obviously everyone thinks of a white polar bear in that scenario, uh, even though you're told not to. And in the scenario that Catherine gives us of just writing it down, one of the reasons that thoughts can remain in our minds in this like uh, sometimes like in a distracted state, in a state where it's like we don't, we're just trying to connect pieces as we go because that's how our minds work. Uh, we could sometimes revisit the same stories over and over again, but just like write them out because when you write them out, you don't have to think about them anymore. Sometimes like we're trying to think things so we remember them, but if you write it down, it's documented and then you just move on with your day. Just like, it's like allocating time for you to vent. And then once it's over, being able to transition, maybe transition by doing like a gratitude journal or something like that right after the venting journal. And that could be a good way to 
get back into the side hustle or the thing it is that you're supposed to be doing. Right. That, that's for sure. You know, the bottom line is that you're in control of your own narrative and how you see this situation. And you can either see it as a challenge and learn from it, or you can let it take you out and see it as something you can't control at all. But we're back to that making decisions <laughs> for yourself. So um, you are, you're the only one who can control what's going on in your head. So in fact, there's a great quote that I love. Um, it is by, now I'm not going to be able to remember it, uh, Viktor Frankl, uh, who wrote um, A Man's Meaning to Life or something. Don't quote me on the book title. But uh, he was in concentration camps and uh, was in there observing everything going on as a psychologist. And he has this quote from that book uh, that's essentially that the last of our only human freedom is how you choose to think. Um, so he watched people with every other freedom taken away. And the only thing they had left was what was going on in their head. And he noticed that people who looked physically like they should not survive really did survive because of the way they were thinking. So, um, you know, you, that's the one thing you absolutely can't control what goes on in your head. That is one of the greatest books I've heard from the most number of guests across all my podcasts that I have not yet read. So that's a copy that will be in the show notes. Um, I will be picking up my copy as well because I've just heard from so many people. I know the story that guy is, I mean, I, like, I don't want to minimize people's problems because you don't want to do that. But it's like to think about what that guy went through is insane. At the same time, I don't want to minimize, you know, like, it's really complicated because you don't want to tell someone like, this guy went through this, you should just be grateful, you're not going through that. And just, <laughs> right. But at the same time, you don't want to make your problem so big and think it's something like that. So that, that's what I was trying to say there. Uh, another thing that I will say a little bit more clearly than that is to check out civilitypartners.com. That is Catherine's site. That is where you can find her work. That will be in the show notes as well. Are there any other things you want me to include in the show notes uh, where we can continue to follow your work and journey? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I'm all over the internet. So if you Google my name, uh, I'm everywhere. I am very passionate about resolving workplace bullying. Uh, I often work with HR and leaders to create more positive cultures. Um, but having been through bullying myself, I know what it's like to go through it. Uh, I know it can be damaging and the advice I'm giving isn't easy. Uh, you know, it takes courage to step up and it takes a lot of discipline to control how you're thinking. Um, but I promise you there is a light at the end of the tunnel. When, the day that I left the job where there was a bully, uh, I honestly felt like a big monkey had climbed off my back and literally, not figuratively, literally the colors were brighter, the sun was shinier, and I, I didn't realize how much that person had gotten to me until I was out. Um, so take care of you. Nobody, nobody can do it like you can. <laughs> take care of you. I love that. That's a great insight among many to end on this episode. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on Ditch the Job. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you.